This morning is a time of transition, including our sermon series. So two weeks ago, we concluded our time with Love Overflows that we started on Easter. Last Sunday, Pastor John led us in reflection on the Trinity out of Genesis 1 for Trinity Sunday. And this morning, we are starting our summer morning series on the prophet Jeremiah. So Jeremiah can be found kind of almost in the middle. Jeremiah is a large book. Um, If you kind of hit Isaiah or the Psalms, go back. Jeremiah is after those. And we're going to start in chapter 1. As we come to God's word found here in the book of Jeremiah, let's pray for the Spirit's guidance. Speak, O Lord. May we hear your words, your words to us this morning, your words spoken to the prophet Jeremiah, your words spoken to your people. May we hear your word for us this morning, trusting that through your spirit you continue to speak to your church, to guide us, to form us, to shape us, to lead us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're jumping into the prophet Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, and we're going to read the, full, the first full chapter, so 1 through 19. So listen then for the voice of God. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah down to the fifth month of the 11th year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now, 
I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I I see a boiling pot tilting away from the north, I answered. The Lord said to me, From the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me, in burning incense to other gods, and in worshiping what their hands have made. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall to stand against the whole land against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. I want you to close your eyes for a second. Close your eyes. Trust me, it's okay. Close your eyes. I want you to picture Jeremiah. What does he look like to you? What do you see when you think of the prophet Jeremiah? See an older guy? Maybe he's got a really good beard probably wearing a robe. Does he look stern? Does he look a little fierce? Does he look worried? Does he look in control? What does the prophet Jeremiah look like in your imagination? Hold that picture for a second. Hold it. You can open your eyes. But keep that picture, keep that picture ready. Because if your prophet Jeremiah looked like most people's prophet Jeremiah, he looks the part, right? 
It's an older guy, good solid beard, looks a little stern, a little fierce, a little bit like an old school principal or an old domine. Because that's who God calls, right? That's who gets to have a conversation with Yahweh, with God, like here in chapter one of Jeremiah. That's the kind of image of, of the one who will speak God's words to God's people, words of authority and power, of judgment and conviction. That's what a prophet looks like. That's what they should look like. And the prophet Jeremiah, as we'll get to know him over the course of the next several weeks as we travel with this prophet and his message to God's people over the summer, we will see that Jeremiah does become this prophet. He grows up to be that picture of the prophet of what they should look like. Bearded, fierce, robed, he has authority. But that is not who Jeremiah is here in chapter one. When God calls Jeremiah, he does not look the part of a prophet. In fact, Jeremiah is a boy, possibly a child, maybe a teenager. So when he says, alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I, I am too young. He's not a 20 or 30-something kind of saying, oh, come on, pick someone older than me. The Hebrew there can mean anywhere from a toddler to a later adolescent. So you actually have a Jeremiah, a prophet called, who would be more at home with the grade six graduates that we just had up here than sitting with the elders in our council meetings. You have a prophet who is called to be a prophet who does not look like how a prophet should. And that's what Jeremiah feels. That's why he says, uh, Sovereign Lord, pick someone else. Pick, pick someone else, because I'm, I'm too young to be your prophet. I, I'm a child. You can't ask this of me. Jeremiah knew what a prophet should look like, and he knew that he did not fit that picture of what a prophet looks like. He is young, he's inexperienced, he's unsure of himself, he's a little fearful, otherwise God wouldn't have to continually say, do not be afraid, but he's still called. God reaches out and calls this boy to begin a ministry of speaking to kings and nations and kingdoms and political power. He chooses this boy, not only to grow up into being a prophet, but to be a prophet already. Because as soon as he calls him, he gives him two visions. He exercises his prophetic calling immediately. So we see here in chapter one, not the calling of a prophet, of a man self-assured and confident and authoritative, we see God calling possibly a kid into this incredible calling of speaking God's word to God's people. 
here in Jeremiah 1, we, we get a shape of the things to come. We, we get a shape of what kind of ministry God has actually called this young Jeremiah to. The kind of ministry that he will enter into, the sermons he'll preach, the words he'll say, the judgments he will pronounce. Jeremiah 1 gives us the shape of the things to come for Jeremiah's calling as a prophet. And you might not notice it, but the first three verses, those are jam-packed with information for how we actually can understand Jeremiah and understand what what we're going to be exploring and studying over the summer. Because the first three verses, they're, they're the kind of the litany of kings and places and names that we don't know that we tend to skip over when we read scripture by ourselves. Uh, it's kind of like genealogies. We're kind of like name, 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 done, 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 skipping to the story. But these few, first few verses pack a lot of information about how we take an, an encounter and meet Jeremiah. Jeremiah's dad, Hilkiah, is a priest in Jeremiah's hometown. So even that little tidbit makes us realize that Jeremiah comes from a priestly line. He, he comes from the family business of speaking between God and God's people, of being in that space between God and God's people as they worship and sacrifice and live in right relationship with each other. Though he does not become a priest, the calling to a prophet is not that far from the family business of being a mediator between God and God's people. So we notice already that that Jeremiah has been prepared for this call. I knew you before you were formed in the womb. There was already this preparation of who he would become and what he would do. And then there's a whole list of king's names. You got Josiah, son of Ammon, Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, Zedekiah, son of Josiah. And at the very minimum, this at least tells us that the context of Jeremiah is particular. There's not going to be kind of general spiritual epiphanies. This This is a narrative, a story, a prophet to a particular people at a particular time in a particular place to a particular people. There won't be generalizations. And it might make it seem a little strange to us. So as we kind of wade into the book of Jeremiah, there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going, wait, what? I I don't understand that. So we're going to unpack that with maps and, and insights and trying to understand and make what is particularly strange to us as we travel with Jeremiah familiar to us. So when God's people read Jeremiah, and they heard Josiah's name, and they read exile at the end of this little introduction to Jeremiah, what did they hear? It can't just be a list of kings. It's got to be telling us a bit more than that. Josiah, so hold this, Josiah, exile. Starts in the reign of Josiah, ends with the people going into exile. That's the framing of Jeremiah. Josiah was another boy king called by God into an office well before he should have. He was an eight-year-old when he took the throne. And by the time he was 18, he was leading God's people in a major reformation, calling them back to God, calling them back to right temple worship, calling them back to sacrifices, calling them away from their pagan temples and their worshiping of other gods. 
And he was leading God's people back to God. And it was a high point in the life of Israel, in the life of God's people. Josiah was doing God's work. Come back to him. Come home. Like the song we sang earlier, come home. Sinner, come home. That was Josiah. But his sons were not like him. His sons were not like him. Josiah died, power passed to his sons, and they freed the people back to do whatever they wanted to do. They freed the people to go out and and worship false gods and make statues that they could worship and, and hold on to protection instead of holding on to Yahweh, their God. So in the course of Jeremiah's ministry, you go from Josiah, come home, people of God, come home, into exile, which is God pushing his people out of the land, away from home, as a consequence of how they have not lived their lives in relationship to him. If you think Jeremiah is a happy story, you are wrong. Jeremiah is called by God, this boy, to grow up into a calling where God's people go from reform and coming home to exile and being banished. Jeremiah is gonna take us to some hard and difficult places because God called him to a hard and a difficult calling with a hard and a difficult message to God's people. be a fun summer. God calls Jeremiah at this time to this people. God calls Jeremiah not to preach repentance and forgiveness, but to preach punishment and consequences. God calls Jeremiah to preach words that uproot and tear down, that destroy and overthrow. God calls Jeremiah to tell God's people that judgment is coming and they can't outrun it. There's nothing they can do to stop it. So prepare yourselves. Jerusalem will fall. The temple will fall. The sign of God's presence with you will crumble and you will be driven into exile. FYI. Jeremiah is called into this. Given the severity of the sermons to come, Jeremiah's not ours, you would think that God gives him a powerful vision to back this up, right? When you think of the callings of other prophets like Isaiah and Ezekiel, I mean, Isaiah sees the temple of God and and cherubim and seraphim, multiplied wings and smoke and loudness, and there's power in that vision. Jeremiah gets an almond tree branch and a pot of boiling stuff. Those are the visions Jeremiah gets right off the bat with his calling story. Jeremiah, you're going to bring a harsh word to God's people. Look over there, there's an almond branch. I wonder if when God asked Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah sees an almond branch. I'm just wondering if it's a little bit of a test on God's part, right? 
Will he admit to seeing something so simple? Will he admit to seeing something so ordinary? And Jeremiah does. I think that's one of the most beautiful testaments to the idea that Jeremiah is a child at this time. He says, I see, I see what I see. There's no deception or pretense or lies, it's just seeing what he sees. And so God says, you see correctly, Jeremiah. You see correctly. And he says, I'm watching. I'm watching to make sure my word is fulfilled. And, and we don't hear it, we're kind of going, wait, what? how in the world does that connect with an almond tree branch? In the Hebrew, to a Hebrew reader, the word for almond branch sounds like the word for watching. And so God's just doing this little bit of a word play with Jeremiah. Say, I'm not only watching that my word is fulfilled among my people, but I'm, I'm watching to make sure that you as a prophet speak my words faithfully and true. I'm watching. And then you get a pot of boiling water. Well, possibly water, we don't know. A boiling pot. Tilting, tilting from the north towards the land of God's people. And here's another brutal word of invasion, of oppression. Enemies are gonna come from the north. They're gonna stand in your gates. They're gonna take over your places of power. And you're gonna be moved out of your own land and home and temple and place. You're gonna be led where you do not want to go. But it's in this vision, this, this boiling pot, this vision of invaders and enemies coming from the north that God reveals why. Why is this message going to be what Jeremiah brings to God's people? And it's revealed to be a heart condition. This is an issue of heart and relationship and love. God says that I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me in burning incense to other gods, and in worshiping what their hands have made. God's people have left him. They've walked away from him. They've broken covenant with him. They no longer love him with all of their heart and soul and mind and strength. They live divided hearts. And they worship everything and anything that they can get their hands on. Anything and everything that promises them safety or comfort. Anything that's a bit easier than following God. The prophecies of Jeremiah that we're going to explore together, his sermons, his speeches, at their core, at their core, they are about the broken relationship between God and his people. At the heart of Jeremiah's prophecy is a heart condition. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah gets the uneasy task of being the divorce lawyer between God and his people. There will be hope, there will be renewal, there will be promises of forgiveness, of building and planting, but not right now. That'll come later. 
but first comes the separation. There's a lot to unpack with Jeremiah. And as, as we explore it together in the next few weeks, we're going to plunge headlong into political corruption and social sins and socioeconomic tensions and covenant breaking and judgment. And we're going to unpack the, the broken covenant relationship between God and his people. And we're also going to challenge each other to explore and be honest about the kinds of gods we have in our hearts. We're going to explore our heart condition. We're going to explore what idols we have. But today, this morning, I want us to not just know facts about Jeremiah and his call, about what king is at what time. I don't want us to just know the facts. I want us to know Jeremiah. The gift of the book of Jeremiah is that it gives us an incredible glimpse into the person behind the call, into the person behind the office. And Jeremiah reveals himself with honesty, with vulnerability, that I think we can identify with. So I want us to go away this morning having met Jeremiah just a little bit. Because we will travel with him into some difficult places this summer. We will travel with him into places of judgment and destruction, of warning and despair. And in the midst of it all, woven throughout all these sermons and pronouncements, we're going to hear Jeremiah's voice, his conversation with God. That begins here in chapter 1 as God establishes relationship with him and it's going to continue. They're going to continue to speak to each other. And we're going to hear Jeremiah speak to God honestly and sometimes really brutally. There are moments when he is questioning God's motives. There are moments when he's asking for mercy for his people in the face of God's relentless wrath. There are moments when he gets down on his knees and begs for protection about, against those kings and priests and both who are trying to kill him. There are moments when he wrestles with God, with God's call on his life, with how overwhelmed he is, with how broken it has made him. Jeremiah was a man, a prophet, a picture of the prophet, the beard, the fierceness, but he was also a man who wrestled with his call, who wrestled with following and trusting and believing in the God who calls him. Which I hope sounds like something you can identify with. Because God may not show up in the middle of the night or in a Sunday morning when you're in grade six and give you two visions and say, you're my prophet now, this is your calling. But that doesn't mean that we are any less called than Jeremiah. Some of us are called to marriage. Some of us are called to singleness. Some of us are called to distant places. Some of us to our own backyard and cities and towns. Some of us are called to raise children. Some of us are called to give ourselves to those outside of our family. 
Some are called to serve in the church, and some are called to serve outside its walls. We're all called. And we usually carry multiple callings, multiple purposes that God has given us in this life to serve him and his church and his people. And in the midst of all of our callings, we wonder and question and believe and doubt, and we have our moments too. Moments where we question God's motives. Moments when we beg for protection and certainty because we are scared. Moments when we wrestle with God's call on our lives, when we feel overwhelmed, or we feel just more than a little bit broken. Moments when we say with Jeremiah, Sovereign Lord, I don't know how to do this. I am too young, or I am too scared, or I am too broken, or I am too busy, or I am too distracted, or I am just not enough. I am too, you can fill in your own adjective. Sovereign Lord, I don't know how to do this. This call that you have on my life. But I love, I love God's response to Jeremiah. Because I believe it is God's response to us too when we are in those moments like Jeremiah has those moments. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I will rescue you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will rescue you. I have called you into this. I will not abandon you. The God who calls us is the God who sustains us. The God who calls us is also the God who stays with us. And for those of us, unlike Jeremiah, who know the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we know the length, the lengths to which God will go to to stay with us. Even when our callings take us to difficult places, The boy Jeremiah called into something too big for him. Here's God's words spoken to his heart, to his fear. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Amen? Amen. Please pray with me. Our faithful God who calls us, who sustains us, who equips us, who challenges us, we thank you. We thank you that you know us, that you have gifted us, 
You have called us to serve you in so many beautiful and diverse ways. And even when those callings take us into difficult places, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel more than a little bit broken, we know that you do not leave us. You strengthen us. You equip us and you support us. Just like you did Jeremiah. Because you are a God who lives and loves to be in relationship with us. A relationship of love and faithfulness. Thank you that you are our God and we are your people. Only and ever through the grace and the forgiveness given to us in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.